Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au out of uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 12. People of Israel were in uh, captivity and uh, God promises uh, to bring them back. And he says, in that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. So sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that we can come together and worship and to glorify and to honor you. We thank you for your presence that is with us even today. And Father, I just pray for those that are watching this service today, Lord God. I pray that by the Spirit of God that you would minister to every individual. Father, you know uh, our needs, you know the things that we're going through. I just pray uh, that, that, that by your Spirit, Lord God, that you would, uh, you would come and just minister to each and every individual. Father, we thank you for the power of worship ability to be able to sing praises unto you. We know that every time we begin to worship, something shifts in our spirit, something shifts in our hearts, Lord God, something shifts in the atmosphere, Lord God. So we surrender to you, Lord God, and so we glorify and worship your holy name because you're our salvation. You're the one that's going to see us through, Lord God, because your name is lifted high. And Father, uh, we just pray, Father, for those that uh, may be experiencing fear at this time, Lord God, or, uh, or anxiety, Father. I just pray that by the Spirit of God that you, your peace would rule and reign in our hearts. And I thank you that none of those things are going to get a hold of our spirit and our hearts. We love you, Lord God. And we just want to serve you, Lord God. We want to glorify you, Lord God. Our hope and our trust is in you. Be glorified today, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And why don't we go to the Word of God? I'd like to uh, look at a text that's found in the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 35 to 41. So if you've got your Bibles, just turn to Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 uh, to 41. Uh, The Bible says this. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, uh, let us go over to the other side. So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat and there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Well, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Let's pray together. So, Father, as we go to the word, I just pray that our hearts and our spirit would be open to hear from you. Father, we want to hear a word from you above all else. Our hearts are hungry 
uh, Father, to know you in a greater and a deeper way. So we just invite you to come by your spirit and, and minister to each and every one of us. Um, Father, we bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak the word. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can understand what it is that you want to impart into our spirits even today. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I want to speak on the subject, Jesus in the storm. Jesus in the storm. Uh, one of the th things we all experience in life is storms. Uh, there are financial storms, marital storms, vocational storms, health storms. Um, there are the storms that we cause in our life. Um, in other words, uh, we end up in a particular place and it's not a nice place and we kind of wonder, well, how did we get there? Uh, what is it that brought us here? Well, what brought us there was a decision that we made. Uh, it's one of the storms that we cause in our own lives. There are storms that come from the enemy that need to be rebuked. And then there are the storms that God allows. And it's to this um, latter type of storm that I want to speak about uh, this morning or today. So to help us look at this topic, we're going to look at a storm that the disciples had to face as we read in our text. It's a familiar passage of scripture. Uh, we've heard sermons from this passage before, but I, I just pray that it would speak to us again uh, today. Uh, the background to the text is Jesus was preaching. He was teaching. Uh, he was uh, performing miracles, um, multiplying uh, the bread and the fish and so on. Um, the disciples are with Jesus. Uh, they're following Jesus. So they're hearing him teach. Uh, they're watching him perform these incredible uh, miracles. Um, and on one particular occasion, Jesus had been uh, teaching and ministering for a while, believed to be the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus then says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Uh, disciples would have thought, well, no problem. Uh, they'd, uh, they were fishermen. Uh, they'd uh, been on the Sea of Galilee many, many, many times. So for them, this was not unusual uh, and certainly didn't seem like a problem. And then the Bible says that out of nowhere, as they were heading towards the other side uh, of, of, the, of the shore, a furious squall came up or a massive storm and the waves were breaking over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Well, uh, the disciples are trying to keep the boat afloat and they are afraid. And for the disciples to be afraid, it must have been a pretty bad storm. The problem is uh, Jesus is sleeping in the boat. And uh, I love uh, Mark's rendition. The, the actual story is recorded in Matthew, and Mark and also Luke. And I love Mark's rendition because he says, Jesus is sleeping on a cushion uh, in the boat. So there's this massive storm. Uh, disciples think they're going to drown, uh, but Jesus is sleeping. So one of the disciples goes down and wakes Jesus up and says, Teacher, um, don't you care if we drown? So Jesus gets up and he calms the storm. And then he says to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now what's interesting as we look at the story is uh, what started out as a physical storm, um, a storm because of the wind and the waves and so on and so on, um, then turned into an emotional storm where the disciples are filled with fear. They're afraid they're going to die. Uh, but more than that, it becomes a, a spiritual storm where Jesus has to rebuke the disciples because they had no faith. Um, so there's no question that 
as we look at our nation, as we look at the world, that we're facing a storm right now. And each of us uh, is affected in some way uh, through the circumstances that we're all going through in this time. Question is, how do we deal with the storm? How do we deal with the storms that come in our life? And as I looked at this story, I, I think there's a few things, a few observations that I think, that I pray will, will help us even as we navigate the storms in our own lives. So the first thing that we notice from the story is that it was Jesus that said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Um, this boat trip wasn't motivated by the disciples. It's not like Jesus had said, uh, don't go to the other side. And the disciples were disobeying something that Jesus had said and said, no, you know what? We're going to go anyway. I don't care what Jesus is saying. Um, the disciples were merely obeying that which uh, Jesus uh, had actually uh, said. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. So this kind of makes this storm a little perplexing to me. Uh, did Jesus not know that the storm was coming? Uh, did Jesus, um, omniscient, all-knowing Jesus, did he, did he not know that there was a storm that was coming uh, for the disciples? Now, Jesus knew that the storm was coming, but he still says to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. So we can kind of spiritualize the whole uh, story. We can say the disciples had no faith. They should have rebuked the storm. Um, they'd given in to fear, which is why they got into the mess. Fact remains that Jesus led the disciples into the storm. Um, I, I believe that there are times when Jesus will lead us, will direct us, uh, to go through a storm. The Bible says that Jesus, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, and, and note what it says here. It says, and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. It was actually the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. Now, I know that that teaching is not always, always popular, but some people say that there are only two reasons why we experience storms in life. Uh, one of the reasons is because there's sin in our lives, or one of the other reasons is because we don't have enough faith. So a lot of us kind of buy into that thinking. So when we do go through a storm, automatically we start to look for sin in our lives. We start to think, oh, gee, what have I done wrong? Um, the, the reason why I'm going through this is because I've done something wrong. And so we start to beat ourselves up because we don't have enough faith. We think to ourselves, well, if I just had more faith, then I'd be able to, I'd be able to get through this particular situation. I don't believe that to be the case at all. In this situation here, it was Jesus who led the disciples into the storm. And I believe that there are times where God will allow us to go through a storm. And God, God leads us, God allows us to go through a storm because he's fulfilling a greater purpose in our hearts and in our lives. Um, it's a little bit like the story of Joseph who... You know, God, God speaks to him. Uh, God gives him a dream. And then the next minute, he finds himself in a pit or like Moses in the wilderness um, or like David on the run. So, so often what we expected was blessing and favor, but what we actually got was a storm. And so this brings me to uh, my second point or the, the second thought that comes out of this particular text. Um, and, and, and this is the simple thought. God does some of his greatest work in a season of adversity. 
Uh, God does some of his greatest work in shaping the human heart, the human spirit, in the seasons of adversity. Uh, sometimes it's only when we're in a storm uh, that we turn to God and we find God. Sometimes it's only in a, in a storm where we begin to, to, to point back towards God and God is able to do uh, some work in shaping our hearts, even in those times. And when we think about the tools that God uses to grow our faith or to help us to grow spirit, spiritually, we think about prayer and we think about the Word of God or teaching, knowledge. Uh, we think about books and seminars and, and all of those are good. Certainly God uses all of those uh, tools to help us grow in our faith and to know God in a greater and deeper way. But one of the greatest tools that He uses to shape faith is adversity. That, 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 that one of the tools that God uses to, to, to shape us and to help us to grow spiritually is actually uh, the challenges in our hearts and lives. Remember, God says uh, to Jeremiah, go to the potter's house, and there I'm going to speak to you. So, so Jeremiah goes to the potter's house, and, and this is the text, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 3. It says, so I did as he told me and found the potter working at his will, uh, but the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. And so he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Um, think about all the great men and women of God in the Bible. All of them went through a crushing experience. Uh, the biggest problem with the season of adversity is we don't know how long it's going to last and how long we will get out. And worst of all, at times, it seems like God is actually silent. So Jesus is in the boat, but he's uh, sleeping on a cushion. Uh, the disciples are on the boat and trying to keep it afloat, and Jesus, Jesus is just sleeping. Disciples come down in a panic and say, uh, Teacher, don't you care? Don't, don't you care about what it is that we're going through? Maybe there's been times in your own life where, like the disciples, you feel like you're drowning you feel like you're going through a really difficult time and it feels like Jesus is sleeping in a boat. It feels like Jesus uh, is so far away. It feels like Jesus is not concerned about what it is that you're going through or what we're going through. Cry out to him, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care if I drown? Don't you care if I lose my job? Don't you care if my family disintegrates? The, the fact is God is nearer than we think he is. Uh, the, the fact is that God is um, closer to us in those seasons, closer than we actually think he, he is. Because God does some of his greatest work in those seasons of adversity. So, you know, go back to the, the potter's will and, and uh, J Jeremiah is, is uh, watching the potter and he has this, this clay pot and, and it looks good, but there's, there's some, some things that aren't quite right. And so, so what the potter does is he, he breaks it and he, and he, and he crushes it and, and starts all over again. And sometimes that's what God does in our own lives. Uh, sometimes what we think is that God is far away or that God is leading us through something which is terrible or we think that God is not listening to what we're going through, but actually God is right there because God does some of his greatest work in a season of adversity. It's in the storm that we learn that God is with us. It's in the storm that we learn that God cares, that he is sovereign. It's in, it's in the storm that our faith begins to grow. 
Paul says this in Romans. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, notice what Paul is saying. And Paul went through a whole bunch of adversity in his own life. And look what he says. Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings um, because we know that suffering, suffering produces something. Uh, that could never be produced apart from the storm. Um, there are things that God does in the storm that cannot be done uh, anywhere else. Um, you see, like most of us, the disciples had an intellectual faith. Um, they had head knowledge, uh, but they didn't have faith themselves. They saw Jesus move in faith. They saw what faith looked like in someone else but they themselves had no faith. Um, intellectual faith becomes experiential faith when we go through a storm. Can't go through life on my faith, you need to get your own. You get that as you go through uh, the storms. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. It's the same, same story here with the shepherd, the, the 23rd Psalm. It's the shepherd who, who, who leads the people, who leads the sheep through a valley, but it's in the valley that they learn that God is with them. It's in the valley that we learn that God is with us. It's in the valley that faith begins to grow. It's in the valley that faith is produced in our hearts and in our lives. So all of this raises a question. Okay, so if we're going through a storm, if we're going through a challenge, what, what do we actually do? How do, how do we navigate that season? Well, look at what the disciples did. While they were in the storm, uh, maybe it wasn't pretty. Um, maybe they should have rebuked the storm. Maybe they should have had more faith. Um, but notice what the disciples did. They cried out to Jesus. And that's the third principle. When you're in the storm, simply cry out to God. We learned that um, to, what to do in a storm uh, from someone else in the Bible who was going through a storm. His name was Jonah. Um, Jonah understood something about storms because he went through uh, one himself. Uh, you know the story, he was running from God, he was disobeying God. God said, go to Nineveh. Uh, Jonah gets on a boat and goes in the complete opposite direction. So he gets on a boat and uh, while he's on that boat, um, uh, God brings in a storm. It's a, it's a massive storm. And the longer that he was on the boat, uh, the more fierce the storm actually became. So eventually uh, he gets to a point where he says to the guys that are in the boat, he says to them, um, throw me overboard and the storm will subside. So when they did that, the storm subsided and Jonah uh, ended up in the belly of uh, a great big fish. And so the interesting part about the text is, what did Jonah do while he was in the fish? Well, I believe what Jonah did is what we need to do when we're in the storm. From inside the fish, the Bible says, Jonah prayed to the Lord. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. See, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we go through a storm, but one of the greatest reasons is to bring us closer to God, um, for us to develop a greater revelation of God. 
Verse 9 says this, Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Bible says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. What, what did Jonah do while he was uh, in the middle of this storm in his own life? What did Jonah do while he was uh, in the belly of, of this, this fish? The Bible says he prayed. He began to cry out to God. And maybe there are some of you that are, that are feeling uh, the storm that we're in as a nation, that we're in as a world right now, in, the, in the world right now. Maybe, maybe some of you are experiencing that in your own lives. What, what do you do? What, what do you do when, the, when we're in the middle of the storm? One of the greatest things that we can do is begin to pray, is begin to cry out to God, is begin to pour out our hearts to God. Um, Bible says Jonah also worshipped. He began to praise. But I, with shouts of grateful praise... Uh, was sacrificed to you. And then the Bible says he waited. He waited. And the Lord commanded the fish to release Jonah. What, what do we do when we're in a storm? We pray. We begin to worship. And we wait on God. We wait for God to intervene. One final thing that uh, we learn from this story is... If God said we're going to get to the other side, we will go to the other side. The boat will not sink and the storm will go away. Uh, when God says he's going to do something, what he says he's going to do will happen. So the Bible says that God is not a man, that he doesn't not lie, he's not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. What he has said he shall do, what he has promised shall come to pass. And if God has said we're going to get to the other side, then we will get to the other side by his grace and for his glory. Uh, one of the things that we experience in the storm is fear. Fear the ship will break, fear we're going to drown, fear we're not going to make it. Uh, fear uh, that the storm is too great for us and we're going to be overwhelmed by the storm. Uh, the only way to deal with fear is with faith. Jesus said, no, 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 notice what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? No, notice the relationship between uh, fear and faith. Um, they're very similar things. Uh, fear is actually faith in the wrong thing. It's, it's, it's believing that something bad is going to happen, that a situation is going to get worse. Whereas faith, faith is believing that God is going to see me through, that God's hand is going to be upon us. How do we get faith? Well, we stand on the promises of God. God will see me through. God will protect me that I will get to the other side by His grace and for His glory. Um, see, again, one of, the, one of the things that we start to think when we're going through the storms is, you know, maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe God is punishing me um, because of some of the big mistakes that I've made. We start to let the winds blow us from one side to another side. It's in those times what we need to do is throw some anchors down and begin to trust God 
And one of the greatest anchors we have is the Word of God. We have God's Word that can protect us in the storm. I wonder what some of the verses that you quote when, when you're in this storm. Here's one that I've been quoting in recent times. It's, it's Psalm 91. It says this. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Just a, just a great scripture that encourages us even in these times. I will say of the Lord, I will declare with my mouth. It's not just something I'm going to think. I'm actually going to declare it. He is my refuge and He is my fortress. He's my God and my trust is in Him and He's going to see me through. And then, and then it says, and then surely He's going to d- d- deliver you from the foulest snare. Is there any doubt? Um, one, of, one of the anchors that are going to help us is God's Word. One, 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 of, one of the things that's going to help us not be tossed back and forward by the, by the winds is God's Word. God's Word is going to see our three. God's Word is powerful. Uh, there's another uh, scripture that also says, um, we looked at it last week, it says, but, but we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It's firm and it's secure. Well, what, what is that hope that we have as an anchor? The hope that we have is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our eyes are on Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. He's going he's to see us through by His grace, for His glory. Our, at times, God will allow storms to outwork His purposes in our life. And we need to be careful not to allow the, the enemy to bring us into condemnation and into blame. We put down the anchors. We trust in God. Sometimes we say, if I, if I just had more faith, um, then things would be different. You know, maybe you're experiencing some anxiety and some fear, and you're just saying to yourself, well, I just wish I had more faith because then things would be different. What's interesting about the story is that, you know, the disciples had been with Jesus. They were chosen by Jesus. They had seen the miracles. They'd heard the teaching. They'd watched uh, Jesus raise dead people to life. Um, And there he was on the boat. And they still had no faith. They They still didn't believe. So that should encourage all of us. So don't beat yourself up. Because so often the purpose of the storm is to develop faith or increase faith in our lives. So in other words, Jesus had been preaching to the disciples. They'd heard Jesus speak about faith and and the importance of that. They'd watched Jesus uh, move in faith. And now Jesus says, okay, that's the lesson. Now that's that's the theory. Now now I'm going to bring you through a situation. And as we go through the situation, now you're actually going to develop faith in your hearts and in our lives. And and at times that's what God does in, in our hearts. Let the storm bring you closer to the one who comes the storm. Remember, your boat will not sink. You will get to the other side. Storms, whether they're physical or emotional or spiritual, they have certain characteristics. Uh, Some uh, come without warning. They um, cause a lot of damage. And what makes them particularly daunting is we don't know 
how long they're going to last um, and when they're going to end. And it's a bit like the storm that we're facing right now in our nation and in the world. We don't know how long it's going to last and we don't know when it's going to end. And we, we, need to, we need to be careful because what happened to the disciples can actually happen to us too. What starts off as a physical storm can then turn into an emotional storm and then become a spiritual storm where we, where, where we lose our faith, where, where we don't believe uh, that God can see us through. Jesus is right there next to us, but we don't believe that he can help us get through the storm. Storm in the text teaches us some important principles. Sometimes God will, will lead us in a storm and it's not to destroy us. It's actually because he wants to do a work in our life and some of the greatest work that he does is actually when we go through that season of adversity. Remember that Jesus was with you. He hasn't abandoned you and he will get you to the other side. And maybe you feel like you're, going, you're in a storm right now and maybe you're feeling like you're gonna drown. Maybe you feel like Jesus doesn't care. And you're wondering how long it's going to last. Can, can, I, can I encourage you to put your faith in God? Can I encourage you to remember that God is with you? That God is going to get you to the other side. That God is with us. God is with us as a church. God is with us as a nation. And He will get us to the other side by His grace and for His glory. Why don't we pray? Father, I just thank you for your word. And your word um, is an anchor for our soul. And so often um, our mind and our emotions can be tossed back and forward by so many things, Lord God. But your word becomes an anchor for our soul. And even as we look at this simple text, the text that we've uh, read before, Lord God, but it reminds us, Father, that uh, you're the God that is with us, that you're not far from us at all, and that you're going to see us through, and you're going to get us to the other side. And I just, I just pray for those that might be just going through a tough time right now, um, those that might be going through a financial storm, emotional storm, those that might be feared, uh, filled with fear, Lord God. I just pray that by the Spirit of God, uh, that you would speak to them even through this word, that as we, as we reflect, as they reflect, Lord God, that they're going to be encouraged to put their faith in you, Lord God. Our prayer, Lord God, is that as the person in the Bible prayed, you know, Lord, increase our faith. Just to keep our eyes upon you, Lord God. That in, in the midst of everything that we're doing right now, Lord God, help us to keep our eyes upon you, Lord God. Because we know, Father God, that you love us, that you care for us that by your grace you will see us through. We love you, Lord God, and we thank you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.